This is what the war in Vietnam is all about. Communism was on the march. I knew that when I went to Vietnam, I was going to be killed. Never have men served with greater devotion. Explain Vietnam. I can't do it. This is Veterans Voices, Memories and Stories of Minnesota's Vietnam Veterans. I'm Kevin Berger. I knew that doing what I was doing was a lot safer than what a lot of other young men were doing. And I was grateful for that. And I also felt guilty about that at the same time. I'm ready to introduce you to Peter Melinda. Now, unlike the other veterans that I interviewed in this series, I already knew Peter. In fact, I've known him for a couple of decades. He and I worked together at WCCO-TV. I was a reporter, and he was the photographer. And as I recall, he mentioned to me at some point that he had served in Vietnam. But when I started getting embedded in this project, I remembered that. And I called him up and wanted to really hear the story, which I got the chance to hear for the first time. He was telling me what I had never asked about. I, I grew up uh, with a fairly conservative approach to life and a fairly conservative political outlook. And so when Uncle Sam knocked on my door and said, we want you, I, uh, I did not have any objections to uh, going into the service other than I thought it would be a waste of my time because who wants to uh, be a grunt? And, uh, and so uh, if I had been drafted and gone in as a draftee, it would have been two years. My service would have been two years. Because I enlisted for the third year, I was able to choose my MOS, which is your military occupational specialty. How did you happen to choose motion picture photography? Because I was uh, at Marquette University, where I was going to school before I, uh, before I was drafted, I uh, was really interested in film. And what the Army uh, helped provide for me in, in their photo school was basically the nuts and bolts about how to make decent films, how to tell stories. Tell me about the assignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, were you go- what did you go out to do then? Uh, I was assigned to a Department of Defense photo team, a DOD team, and we were assigned uh, out of MACV. And MACV was Military Assistance Command Vietnam. And so we took our orders uh, out of Saigon. And we'd frequently go in and out of Saigon. And, and our job was to travel around the country uh, filming positive projects that the Army, what they were doing for the people in country. For instance, we went to a number of small villages for what were called rat eratification programs. Where, where <laughs> getting rid of rats. Getting rid of rats for yeah for the community. Thank to, you, to, Uncle Sam. <laughs> to show, you know, it's kind of like winning the hearts and minds. We showed new equipment being brought in. We uh, went to villages where there were medical teams, army medical teams, who were providing medical services to villagers. And uh, and frequently these videos, these films, I should say, were were sent back. We we didn't do any editing over in Vietnam. They were sent back uh, to the states, uh, edited, and then sent out. Uh, and you're familiar with this, Kevin. They were sent out to local television stations as what is the army doing over in Vietnam, uh, giving it, giving it a positive spin. Um, 
because as, as you're well aware, there were many uh, smaller television stations that couldn't afford to send uh, reporters and photographers over to Vietnam. And so this, this gave them an opportunity to have some original footage. I suppose you're briefed ahead of time. Here's the story. And then did you fly in? Did you drive in? You, were you shooting film? We, we used both uh, optical film to create sound, but we all, I also shot with a bell and howl, which was silent film. There would usually be approximately four of us who'd go out in the field. And we flew in just about every kind of aircraft you can imagine to go to stories. Huey's helicopter. Uh, we flew in small prop planes. We flew in uh, a plane called a caribou. And then we flew in a C-130, which are those big four-engine planes you see in the National Guard uses all the time out of uh, Fort Snelling. We'd usually fly to a base in outer Vietnam and then travel by Jeep to where we were going. We did, we did stories uh, in on hospitals, Vietnamese hospitals. That was some of the hardest things for me to do because I'd walk into the hospital and we'd be walking down a hallway and there'd be beds lined in the hallway and there were civilians and some of them had their stomachs open and their you know their 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 intestines would be there, and I thought, oh, you know, you just you can't help but be affected by uh, by seeing something like that. Uh, but occasionally we would go out on patrols uh, with with uh, the grunts with the the foot soldiers, and when we did that, we not all the time, but just from time to time, we'd encounter gunfire, and it scared the living uh, bejesus <laughs> out of me. Um, and so I, I was clearly not used to that, uh, that side of Vietnam. And I would, I would be the second camera because our, our chief photographer would probably do the interviews and things of that nature. And I'd be getting a, what we'd call a lot of the cover footage. Um, and the lieutenant, he'd just kind of hang around and maybe ask questions. <laughs> okay, kind of like a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we had a sound person also. So there, was, so there were three, four of us on the team. What was the attitude among your crew? You're out there taking pictures. This is a positive thing that the U.S. government is doing. Did you believe that? Or did you, were you a little more cynical about it? I, I was a pretty naive young person back then. I just went, up, went about doing my job. I, I don't think I was evaluating what we were doing at the time. Uh, I had a lot of growing up to do, and, <laughs> and, and it hadn't started taking place at that point. Uh, so I was happy to just do my job. I was grateful I didn't have to pull out my gun. Peter's job was, of course, moving pictures, as he put it, using a film camera. But he had a still camera. And uh, I asked if he had any of those pictures. He pulled out a scrapbook with some of the pictures that he's that he had taken. His wife has assembled them, and they're in chronological order. And he's able to remember specific things because of some of the pictures that he had. Boy, photography has really changed. You know, the sort of pictures that he had, uh, really, everybody would have deleted those by then. And yet they very much tell the story. And I thought I felt like they really took Peter back in time a little bit. 
And here's, an, here's another picture of me and some friends uh, when we were building our huts. It took us probably about a month to do that, that in the bunkers. And although you can't tell it because I've got a shirt on here, I was so brown uh, from being out in the sun uh, that it was, you know, that it was incredible. This is uh, our, one of our showers. And the water was uh, heated by the sun, if at all. And so uh, it was a, basically a year of uh, cool or sometimes cold showers. And, uh, and, and that's what we shaved with, too. So you just got used to it. Now, this picture is me sitting on a row of sandbags, which was part of our bunkers. And I've got a, a beret on, <laughs> which I never wore in, in, in my normal uh, you know, workday uh, affairs. And I'm just pretending that I'm a, a good soldier there <laughs> sitting on the wall. This is probably in Saigon, a young woman holding up a snake, which they sell in the marketplaces there. I'm looking at this guy, <laughs> this picture. <laughs> Boy, you're kind of a hunk there, Peter. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how do you reflect on your, your service those years? How, how did it shape you or kind of shape your, your cohort, your generation of men? Clearly, it shaped me in terms of my attitudes towards war. Um, and so I... I I feel it was a, a just a huge mistake of us having gone to Vietnam. I felt it was a huge mistake for us to go to Iraq. I don't like the term, but I am definitely a bleeding heart liberal, <laughs> and uh, you know, and I believe in. Uh, I believe there are so many other ways to solve problems between countries than than necessarily sacrificing young men. Uh, old men uh, send young men to war. It, Probably things would change a lot if we sent old men to war because a lot of different decisions would be made. I asked Peter if he felt like he was part of the propaganda effort on, on the part of the military that was trying to tell a particular story. And he says, you know, I was just trying to do what I was told. I really didn't think about it very much. I think when he came back and in the uh, uh, ensuing years, he has thought about it. But he's another one of those guys that people didn't ask and he didn't really want to talk about it too much. I think that the the years are, there now enough years have, have gone past between his service and today that he can think about those things. So what was it like for you to come back and cover a war protest, a war that you had been on the ground as a soldier? That was not difficult for me. I was very understanding of what the young people were doing uh, protesting the war. But I could see how it would be it would affect people who were on front lines in Vietnam a little differently. Not all, but some. Who, who who would think these these draft evaders these you know these peaceniks or whatever you know how, you know how how dare they do that when I've been risking my life over in Vietnam I can see that very clearly but uh, I guess I was fortunate that I did not have that kind of experience and then basically you had a career I did. When I left Vietnam, I returned to uh, New Jersey, and um, I was a photo instructor in the Army's photo school for a year, uh, and I, I got married uh, when I came back. And, uh, and then we, my wife and I went to Milwaukee, which was my hometown, and uh, I was going back to school at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and I thought, I've got to get a job 
and I went and applied at the local television station. You know, I, I was kind of a grunt there, but I, I eventually got a job at WCCO in Minneapolis and uh, as a photographer. It's, it's sort of created a pathway into the business for me. That's right. And how long were you a television news photographer? I was at uh, WCCO TV for just shy of 39 years. Um, and we did some great work there. Uh, I was just very fortunate to have had that kind of career. I can honestly say that I was very fortunate to work with a photographer of the caliber of Peter Melinda and to know that some of his skill was developed under the worst possible circumstances, serving in a war zone. Uh, so I guess it's no wonder he was a great photographer of the streets of the Twin Cities. On the next episode, a self-deprecating combat veteran who has traveled many times to Vietnam in an effort to make amends. When you're in combat, you, you know, you're so excited and you, you, uh, you tend to just point and shoot, you know, without aiming because, you know, you're, you're receiving incoming, etc. Then a lot of times you would uh, shoot into tree, tree lines and stuff. You'd be assaulting through tree lines where you're ambushed or whatever, and then you'd You'd just be shooting into tree, tree lines, exchanging grenades, and then you'd come through and count the bodies. So a lot of it, you don't really know who killed who. This is Kevin Berger for Veterans Voices Vietnam. Veterans Voices Vietnam is produced by Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities, in partnership with the Minnesota Humanities Center and support from the state of Minnesota. Online at Ampers.org.